Good morning, Hope Church family. I want to welcome you here, and we're so excited about the privilege to reconnect with you, even if it's over audio or through video. I was laughing this week when we were talking through the uniqueness of doing a live stream like this, and I was thinking about the fact that the first time that I ever had the privilege of preaching was at a large church in this Dayton area, and the pastor asked me to record my sermon beforehand, and so I set the camera up in my bedroom and preached this message to the camera, and then afterwards I took the cassette tape to the youth pastor to have him watch it, and afterwards he said, Sean, you know, there's five things on this sermon that you really need to change, and another five things that if you don't change them, then it's going to be a tragedy. So I watched that stupid tape over and over and over and over again and made some changes, preached the message. I think it went okay. And a couple years later, I bumped into him and I said, Mike, what was the list of things? He said, oh, I never watched it. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. We're glad that you've joined us here at Hope Church and uh, recognizing that physically we wish that we had the privilege of being in the same room together. We except that on a time like this, that we're thankful for technology and the fact that the Lord that we serve is one that hears our voice, whether we're sitting in our living room. And I hope you're comfortable. My wife, my wife uh, works from home, and sometimes she talks about her work pajamas. I hope you're in your church pajamas this morning. But as we're here, I hope you're comfortable. I hope you have your Bible, because we're going to study God's Word together this morning. And I'm personally excited about the privilege to talk with you through a passage of scripture. We're going to put a pause in our study through the book of Acts just for a couple weeks, and we're going to talk about what it means for us to be storm-proofed. And on a, on a week like this, where there's been so much change, so much transition, one of the things that's so encouraging to me is that the Lord who is the same yesterday, today, and forever is the Lord that we can pray to. And I want to ask you to just join me for a few minutes in prayer and I want to ask that we find ourselves just allowing ourselves to rest in his presence. Lord, we love you and we recognize this morning that as there have been so many disruptions that you are consistent. Lord, as we, we get constant bombardment of information, whether it's on the news or the, the struggle of just watching those things, I pray for our church family that we would be people who are filled with courage. Lord, that we recognize that we do not have to live in fear. Lord, that you are an eternal God and one that knew that this day was coming. And not that death was ever your plan or sickness was ever your plan, but Lord, that we can entrust ourselves into your care. I also pray, Lord, that as we wrestle with what it means to respond well to this, that we would be people who are filled with compassion can't help but think of friends of mine that have had their lives completely disrupted by this, some of them at risk, that we pray for your hand of protections, many of which are here in our Hope Church family. We just ask, Lord, that your peace would overwhelm each individual, some who are tempted by fear. Lord, that we pray that they would be reminded of your loving kindness, your strength, your goodness. And I also pray for us that in the midst of this crisis, Lord, that we would be people who see the opportunity in it. I pray for creativity. pray for courage. I pray for wisdom. I pray for selflessness, that you would be glorified in the way that we respond. We want to be people who are proactive. We want to live in the light of your glory. So I ask this morning as we study your word together that you would be glorified in this place. 
In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. You know, life at times throws it, its worst at us. But one of the things that I'm confident in is that we can actually function our best in the midst of those times if we choose to be people who obey the truth of the word of God. One of the things that we learned when we lived in the Bahamas is that there was the reality of hurricanes there. It's funny, in Ohio, we know that there's tornadoes here. We recognize that you don't get much of a warning with a tornado. And in California, it was earthquakes that we were aware of, and you didn't get much of a notice about those. But in the Bahamas, there was always this cone that you weren't quite sure if it was going to hit your island. And when we lived there, when we were ministering there, one of the things that, that we noticed was one of these cones was we were in the projected path of a hurricane. It was a pretty significant one. And what, what you do when you live on an island like that is not like Florida where you hit the bridges and you drive to uh, inland. You, in the Bahamas, hunker down. You plan for the worst. You do things like put up storm shutters. You prepare for the storm that's coming. And what we found is that most people really did. They, they took the storm very seriously. And uh, for us, we had to humble ourselves because our home wasn't perfectly suited to weather a storm like that. And we went in with some friends, and it was actually quite an amazing experience. We met some new friends. We had a wonderful time. We connected together, played some games together. We kind of hunkered down for a couple of days together. But one of the tragedies of that time was that the way that the first responders responded to those individuals that were struggling there in the Bahamas at that time was that they had to call into the local radio station. And at night, late at night, I can remember hearing on the radio people who didn't respond to the initial call to evacuate or to move to one of the shelters, that they, they hunkered down. And there were stories that you could just hear. You could hear babies crying in the background where moms were saying, we need somebody to come to save us. We heard one first responder talking someone through the process of breaking onto their roof because the storm surge was so serious. And you can't help but think that the the storm was coming. They chose to ignore that it was coming. And, and what ended up happening is that they literally were almost washed away because of their willingness to ignore that warning. At the end of one of the greatest sermons ever preached, we looked at, at Peter's message, one of the greatest sermons he ever gave last week in the book of Acts. This week, we're going to look at one of the greatest messages that Jesus ever preached. And it expands through Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, these tremendous passages. I want to encourage you with the, the free time that you have that you'd spend some time looking at this full sermon. But at the conclusion, the time when Jesus was going to come to kind of his crescendo of his message, one of the things that he says to the people, he says, you cannot just be hearers of my truth, but you need to be people who are doers of the truth that I've shared to you. And then Jesus, the, the, the one that we know of as a carpenter, as a professional trade, when he was a, a man growing up, that I think often we think of him as a carpenter and we think of that as somebody who builds things that are uh, enjoyable, fun, small. It's actually, he probably was building houses. And here, the Lord Jesus, as you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, and I'll wait for you, or turn on your Bibles to Matthew 7, 24, we we're going to see what Jesus describes as something that I think is going to apply to every one of us, especially in this unique time period where some of us are hunkered down, that we're anticipating the pain of a storm, that he says a truth to us that if we listen to it, it holds within it the keys of life and death. It holds within it hope. 
It holds within us a message that I believe our neighbors here in our community desperately need to hear. And this message is one that the Lord Jesus described beautifully in his conclusion. It says this in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, beginning in verse 24. He says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. Verse 26, another, and everyone. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall. Of it. This passage of scripture, when it's got its two everyone's, it reminds us that there is an inevitability when it comes to storms in our lives. There's going to be difficult challenges. Some of you are looking around and you're recognizing your entire life has been uprooted over these last few days. I think we'd all choose to be in church together today if we had that option. But instead, with disruption, what we find is what we're really established upon in the midst of a crisis. It can't help but, but picture, as the Lord Jesus describes this, the, the, the reality that every human being who has heard the truth of God's word has a choice to make as to if they're going to be people who respond to it or if they're going to mute it. They have the choice to decide if they're going to react established on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ, or they're going to allow the disruption to carry them away. This everyone applies to all of us. The storms in life are inevitable. Whether it's this COVID-19 experience that we're all going through that has disrupted many of our lives, whether it's our job loss, marriage struggles, uh, uh, another type of disruption in your family, just personal pain. We know this, but I love the promise of John 16, says this. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And then he goes on to say this. He says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. When we say that our Lord is sovereign, we, we say that he's the shelter that we can find ourselves in. He even describes himself as the rock. And there's, there's this this aspect of this passage is he's talking about a builder choosing to build their home on the beachfront that, that I can't get the image out of my mind living in Southern California, these, these beautiful homes that were right on the edge that, that had that view that allowed them to see the sunrise and the sunset. And we love the beach, don't we? But, but what ended up happening is that they, they built it too close. The foundation wasn't strong enough. And when the inevitable storm came, it just washed it away. You can see the pictures. You can Google them. And they, you see a half a house because of the fact that the foundation wasn't solid. It was washed away. For some of us over these last few days, the storm that we've gone through has defined us in such a way that we feel washed away. What I love about Jesus' message was that it was to some people who were in obedience to him. It was some that were future individuals that would choose to obey him. And so here we have this opportunity for people to say, you know what? Maybe I haven't gotten this right so far. But going forward from today, maybe, just maybe, I'm going to be someone who chooses to change where I establish the foundation of my life. 
There's a pretty blunt statement here that is in the text that implies that fools are individuals that ignore the inescapable realities of life. And it ultimately describes them as being beaten down by it, that they, they lose the fight, that they, they end up being individuals who are crushed by it. The way that it says this in verse 26, that everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, he will be like a fool who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came. That's coming from top and bottom. Winds blew and beat against the house and it fell. And, the, and great was the fall of it. It's intriguing to me that both of these houses on the outside would have looked sturdy. They, they would have looked fine. The, the, what was the foundation of them was something that couldn't be seen on the outside. But, but once the storm came, it defined who they truly were. And here Jesus says that if we're people who have heard truth, but don't allow truth to permeate our hearts, what we are are like a hard-hearted person. I have a friend who, they had a family member, I attended their funeral and the family member had had a hard experience at a young age and it defined the rest of their life. That, that everything having to do with God was something that meant disappointment and discouragement. And as I heard that story, it grieved me because I realized that God was the one who wanted to be the source of hope for them, but instead they chose to numb themselves to the truth that he wanted to speak to them. You may be familiar with C.S. Lewis, author of so many books that many of us love, but I, I love the fact that when C.S. Lewis was, um, became an atheist when he was a young man, 15 years old, in his own words, he said, I was very angry with God for not existing. Don't we know people that are like that? They're just, they're just furious with God because of the fact that they don't believe that he's functioning in the way that they want him to. But later in C.S. Lewis's life, at the age of 33, he's a professor at Oxford University, and he came like an unwilling child, in his own words, kicking and screaming into the kingdom of God. He was, in his own words, a reluctant convert to Christ, but a real one. He didn't want to become a Christian, but as he looked at the person and teachings of Jesus, he just didn't see another viable alternative. In the Trinity term of 1929, he writes, I gave in and admitted that God was God, and I knelt and I prayed. According to the passage that we're studying today, the only foolproof way that we can be individuals that do not have to fear the storms that attack us is by founding, found, finding our truth resting on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we have a tangible illustration of this around us in the preparation of COVID-19. And what we saw some of you, uh, maybe you, you weathered the, the Y2K experience. I know kids, if you don't know what I'm talking about, ask your parents. But some of us, we, we hoarded, we bunkered down, we gathered all our items that were ready for it. Some people were like that for this when we heard the news a couple of weeks back that this was coming. And for others of us, we, we figured this was just going to blow over. This wasn't going to be a big deal. Somebody else was blowing this out of proportion. And then I've heard some, some stories recently of people going to grocery stores and looking at the line that's snaking through and they just kind of give up. You know, we, we were warned. Um, some of us ignored the warning. And, and for others, there were people who chose to take this thing really seriously. I don't know where you fit on all that. And I'm sure it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. But I want to remind you what the Lord Jesus's promise to us is that when it comes to the most important decisions in our life, that's a lot more serious than how we deal with antibacterial hand lotion. 
that, that the most important questions in our life have to be addressed by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It has to be through listening to his voice. A wise friend of mine, I've said this before in this pulpit, but a wise friend of mine says that the best time to deal with a problem is when there is no problem. And I love that image when it comes to what Jesus is warning them. He's saying, storm's coming. It's inevitable. Your life is going to experience trials. So, so how are you going to deal with it? And I, I think in this room, we've got people who've chosen in their life to ignore some of the deepest problems. They they have said, you know what, this is just going to heal itself over time. And for every one of us who've put off the time of visiting the dentist, we know that some of those things, they just fester, right? It just gets worse if we choose to ignore it. And so today is the day for us to deal with the inevitable. And I think that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, this is going to happen. We're, we're thankful today that we have people in our church that are first responders, that that term, uh, it says something profound about them. They're, they're the ones that are the first on the scene. They take it seriously. They're, they're acting in respect to how to be right there when something comes. I want to challenge you this morning, church, that that's what God is asking us to be, to be responsive to his truth. It's crystal clear what he's saying to us. Trust me. Take my word seriously. I care about you. And, and what he's chosen to do is he's invited you and I to be people who stand together with him through the storms of our life. Uh, for some of you, we're feeling at our homes isolated. We're separated from the people who we love. We're, we're not sitting together in a church auditorium today, and we, we miss it because we feel isolated. We're alone. But I want to remind you that the Lord has said these things to us, these promises to us, like, come to me when you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest when he's promised us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When he knows that he is our ever-present comfort in our time of need. When, when Jesus says, build your house on the rock, he's saying, you can trust me. I got this. We're good. We can go through this together. And I, I want to encourage you this morning that God has invited you and I to stand together with him through the storms of life. When individuals do that, when we talk about the family of God, one of the things that's beautiful about that is we don't just stand alone, but we stand together with him. I just love that, that picture. We, uh, were, when we were living in California, we were coming back to Ohio several years ago before we moved here. And uh, the, my daughters, one of the things that they were really concerned about was tornadoes. They kept asking us, is there going to be a tornado? And I have no idea. We grew up in Xenia. I grew up in Z near Xenia, Ohio, and there'd been some tornadoes there. I don't know if the girls had seen some pictures or what, but well, we were at a camp, family camp, and we were together, and late at night, it was really dark, really stormy. There was an alarm that went off, and uh, we got out of bed we, you know, in our pajamas, and we went to what we thought was probably the closest storm shelter, assuming that this was a tornado. And I remember the awkwardness of seeing aunts and uncles in their pajamas, and we're all kind of hunkered down together, and uh, a couple of minutes later, we found out that that wasn't actually a tornado warning, but it was how that small community would uh, let their their volunteer fire department know that uh, they needed to be called. So we, we wondered if they hadn't heard of cell phones or whatever, but uh, it was a frightening night for us. But one of the things that, that I recall on that night, I think about this, is I just think about what it meant for us to be in the midst of something that was kind of scary uh, to be together as a family 
for us to, to have each other in the midst of that time. And I, I think that that is what it looks like for us when we're going through a unique season, like we are right now. We're in one of those unique seasons that we can not only say that we're going to stand on the truth of Christ, but we're going to stand on the truth of Christ together. And so I want to challenge you, church, by way of application this morning, that as we look at the storms that are inevitable in our lives, that we are people who choose to see these as an opportunity. There, there's an opportunity that's in front, us, in front of us right now when it comes to this uh, unique time in the history of America. And one of the things that I read this week that was comforting to me, but also great, greatly convicting to me, is in the midst of a crisis, it's often that we find ourselves caring more about ourselves, that we're more selfish, that it draws to the surface something inherently inside of us that wants to protect us. And the challenge was to be a Christ follower. It means that we're people that care more about the needs of others. When the Lord Jesus, when God said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you remember this, love your neighbor as yourself Loving our neighbor as ourself is something that forces us to be less selfish. And I want to challenge you to do something this week. First, first thing is we're using Facebook to try to give us an opportunity to connect together off of the Hope Church Facebook page. And I'm going to encourage you to get on there. For some of you, you need to be humble enough to put a prayer request. We know in our church family, we've had some pretty challenging things that have already happened this last week. And we anticipate there just might be some more. There might be some needs you have. There might be other ways that you can reach out. I'm going to challenge you to take that seriously, that we can pray together, even in isolation for one another. The second thing I want to challenge you to do as an antidote to the, the selfishness that's natural in a time of crisis is that I want to challenge you. This number 19 is associated with this thing. I want to challenge you this week before we get together again or meet together online, that you would seriously consider 19 people that you've lost connection with that you can pursue over this time. Last time I checked, I think we can FaceTime or phone call or digitally reach out to someone without having any fear of repercussion for that. And I want to challenge you, you might have a little more time this week to reach out and to pursue. And if our church family does that, that it's going to mean that there's thousands of people that are connected just because of your initiative that you choose to take. Because I think the assumption is when we get in that grocery aisle line that's snaking through the back of the store that everybody's trying to take care of themselves, and we understand that. But there's an opportunity that comes in the midst of this that we can find ourselves being people who choose to care about other needs, other people's needs, as more important than our own. I find some great encouragement in the warning that God gives us in this passage through the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and the conclusion of a great sermon, that he looks at these people and he says, my truth is the truth that will give you life. He understands the reality that storms are coming for each one of us, but we really don't have to live in fear of those storms because of the fact that he's given us the privilege to rest on the rock Hope Church, I pray for each one of us today that that would be our story, whether it's in our isolated places or whether it's in our pursuit of a world that's around us that desperately needs hope, that we would live up to our calling today.